and love. She is the president of our board. She is the one that is always called on when something needs doing because she does it so well. I would like to introduce to you my dear friend, Janet Lee Mitchell. Good morning. Good morning. This has been a stressful week for me. There's been a lot of things that came up, so I thought I'd just talk a little bit about myself and what brought me to spiritualism and what spiritualism is to me. So, I'm from a small village in Michigan, central Michigan. And see, if you're here, it's right there. <laughs> So that's that's if you're from Michigan, you're or Wisconsin, I guess. But you do it reverse for Wisconsin. You you use your hand to show where you're from. So uh, the the little town I grew up in was about five blocks wide and ten blocks long. So seven hundred people. That was that was it. <laughs> really small. <laughs> it was uh, a quaint little village. It still is a quaint little village, and I don't think it's grown much at all. <laughs> Not by much, at least. Uh, there was one brick-and-mortar church, uh, a Methodist church. And that's where most of us townies, that's what I was. I, I lived in town, so I could walk anywhere in town back when it was safe to do so. And there was a TV repair shop that once a month, the Catholic priest from a town just north about 15 miles, he would come once a month and he would perform mass in a room over the TV repair shop. <laughs> so, and, and they had vacation Bible school there. And everybody went to all the vacation Bible, anything that was offered. We went to the Methodist church one week, and then usually within a couple weeks, we all went to the Catholic church too. That was my only knowledge of, of the Catholic religion. I really didn't have any idea. I knew that that um, the other kids after vacation Bible school, a lot of times they would go to catechism classes. And I, I was six. You know, catechism was, must be something with cats. So it probably was good. <laughs> you know, it must have been fun. <laughs> But uh, that was my introduction to Catholicism. So I would attend uh, Methodist Sunday School, and that was the basis for my faith. Uh, it, at the Catholic school, or the vacation Bible school, you know, I was informed that I could not attend the catechism classes because my parents were not Catholic, and my parents weren't really Methodist either. I kind of went to church by myself because it was the fun thing to do. And um, upon my teenage years, my dad took a job in Chicago. So I moved from a town with 700 people to Chicago, the northern suburbs of Chicago, Northbrook and Glenview. But my thirst for spiritual information continued and, and I learned to drive there and so I could branch out. I could go to other churches and seek out other denominations and religions 
to see if any of them fit my belief system. As Sue, in her talk last week, mentioned, I don't believe in heaven and hell either. I believe that we create it for ourselves, and we don't have to accept a hell. We really don't. I don't believe that God is an individual that judges people and meets out horrible punishments. It just doesn't jive with the loving God that I have always felt. In my exploratory years, I went to a Lutheran church, a Pentecostal church, a Presbyterian church, and the Baha'i Temple in Chicago. It's a really gorgeous building. It's, it's beautiful. If you ever get a chance just to go and see the building, it's fabulous. And everyone was very open and loving there. Uh, the Baha'i taught me that to serve humanity and regular prayer and spiritual practices would bring me closer to God. I attended there for a while until teenage life got in the way, and it was it was probably a 40-minute drive for me. So it was, and I started working, and I just didn't get back like I would have liked to. And it, I don't know why I never found a spiritualist church in the Chicago area. I know there's still some there now, and I know there's independent ones, and there was many more in the late 60s and early 70s. So I just don't know why I didn't, didn't get there. It wasn't my right time, I guess, to find that. But I have something that I wanted to read to you, and it's been on the Internet for, well, it was originally posted in 2012, so, but it's stuck with me, and I, I want to share it with you. It's a teacher's life lesson using a jar and some golf balls is the title of it. This is a very important life lesson that a philosophy teacher has taught his students. The teacher cleared off his desk and placed a few items on it. One of the items was an empty mason jar. He proceeded to fill up the jar with golf balls until he could fit no more in. He looked at the classroom and asked his students if they agreed that the jar was full. Every student agreed. The jar was indeed full. The teacher then picked up a small jar of pebbles and proceeded to pour those into the jar with the golf balls. The pebbles filled all the openings in between the golf balls and the jar. And he again asked the students if the jar was full. And they agreed. Yes, the jar was full. Now the teacher picked up a bag of sand and poured that into the mason jar, shook it around, and the sand sifted down and filled all the empty spaces between the golf balls and the pebbles. He asked the class again, is the jar now full? And the students agreed it was technically full now. Finally, the teacher pulled out two beers <laughs> from under his desk and poured both of them into the jar, filling the empty space between the sand and the jar. And now the students began to laugh, wondering how far this was going to go. 
The teacher waited until the laughter stopped. I want you to recognize that this jar represents your life. The golf balls represent the important things in your life, your family, your children, health, friends, and your passions. If everything else was lost and only they remained, your life would still be full. The pebbles represent the other things in life that matter, such as your job, your house, your car. And the sand is everything else, the small stuff. If you put the sand in first, then there's no room for the pebbles or the golf balls. The same goes for your life. If you spend all of your time and energy on the small stuff, you will never have room for the things that are most important. Pay attention to the important things in your life. Enjoy time with family. Go to dinner with your spouse. Play games with your kids. There will always be time to clean the house or mow the yard. We don't have to do that here, thank gosh. <laughs> but. but there's always time for that mundane things. And if it doesn't get clean this week, it'll get clean next week. So take care of the golf balls first, the things that really matter. The rest is just sand. Before the students left, one shouted out, you never mentioned what the beer re represents. And the professor smiled and said, well, I'm glad you asked. The beard just shows you that no matter how full your life may seem, there's always room and time to have a beer with a friend. <laughs> now, Spirit woke me up with this, reminding me of this story earlier this week. And it, to me, it represents my spiritual journey. The golf balls, they represent the basis, the basics of of faith. The time when I went to Sunday school and I learned Jesus loves me. As a small child, many of us have, have grown up with that belief. And uh, then as the golden rule, as we learned last week, is found in most organized religions. The pebbles are the Ten Commandments in Christianity or the nine principles in spiritualism. The sand is in, Christian, in Christianity is learning that Jesus is our savior. In spiritualism, the sand is learning personal responsibility. There is no need of vicarious atonement. We make our own happiness or unhappiness as we obey or disobey nature's physical and spiritual laws. In my life, in my spiritual journey, this example has shown me that like water, there is always room for spiritualism. Spirit, the other religions gave me a basis and I knew that they weren't correct in my understandings and my belief. So spiritualism for me filled my soul, filled my vessel with a more accurate belief. It completes the package. It did not end my search for the truth, but it encourages me to seek and to discover my own truths, to accept 
and to disregard things that don't ring true. There's been a lot of things going on and some things that were posted about spiritualism that were inaccurate. And we always come up against things like that. It just happens. So uh, the information that was given was, in my opinion, erroneous, and I want to set the record straight. Spiritualism is a science, philosophy, and religion of continuous life based upon the demonstrated facts of communication by means of mediumship with those who live in the spirit world. Spiritualism is a science because it investigates, analyzes, and classifies facts and manifestations demonstrated from the spirit side of life. Spiritualism is a philosophy because it studies the laws of nature, both on the seen and unseen sides of life, and bases its conclusions upon present observed facts. It accepts the statements of observed facts from past ages and conclusions drawn therefrom. When they are sustained by reason, by results of observed facts of the present day. Spiritualism is a religion because it strives to understand and comply with physical, mental, and spiritual laws of nature, which are the laws of God. March 31st, 1848 is the date, is the date of modern American spiritualism. It happened at the Fox Cottage in Hydesville, New York, with Catherine, Katie, and Margaret, Maggie Fox, as I said, in Hydesville, New York. The Fox sisters, the young girls, they heard rappings on the walls, and upon doing this, they learned to communicate with a spirit that over time, as they communicated, they learned was once a peddler that was murdered on the property. His name was Charles B. Rosna. It's a really interesting story. You, you should look it up. The history of the Fox sisters in the cottage where it all began. I encourage you to delve into it. Spiritualism for me has been a coming home. It, it's, a, it's coming back to what I always knew religion should be. That's what it felt like to me. So... I encourage you all, I'm, I'm thankful for you all to be here, and thank you for listening. It's, it's a journey that we all take together. We are a family, and uh, I love and appreciate you all, and thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you.